Chris Lowe, we're joined live and in person here at the Texas Roadhouse by the great Jay Graham. Coach Graham, uh, welcome back to Rocky Top, and thanks for coming out here to Texas Roadhouse. Thank you. Um, just a great opportunity to be here. You know, we, we've had a lot of conversations over the years, and you, you and I have always joked about doing a uh, radio show together. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Good stuff. So uh, Jay not only was, was could tote the football back in his day, having on good authority from my good friend, the guy who opened a few holes for him, Bubba Miller. Yes. That you were the king of, of nicknames. You, you you were better at giving <laughs> nicknames to guys on the team than anybody else in the team. Is that true? That's that's true. I was pretty good at that. Yes. Even even yes. What, what was the famous one with, with Peyton on the uh, the end around uh, or the, the bootleg against Alabama '95? You call him? He looked like Ichabod Ichabod Crane. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm telling, I'm, t- I'm telling you, putting all your business out in the street, You're bringing Jay. all that stuff back. But yes, Bubba, yes. Bubba still laughs at that one all the time. Bubba's he said that you came guy. up, came up with that one after the game. He said Peyton looked because he was wide open. It popped wide open, and he said, look, yeah. he said you, you were the one in the locker room after said Peyton looked like Ichabod <laughs> running around as he strutted into the end zone. But uh, oh, yeah. it's great to have you here. It really is good to have you back on Rocky Top. Um, you know, when you got this opportunity, you know, when, when Jeremy called, and you've been to a lot of places. I remember. Back in the day, being when you were at, whether at South Carolina, at Texas A&M, Florida State, the lure to come back home, but not just to come back home, but to come back and be a part of something that you obviously feel like is building towards something yes. bigger and better. What was that like for you? Well, it was just a great opportunity. This is a place that um, developed me in so many ways, you know, as, as a person, as a man. Um, Tennessee is a very, very important part of my life, and um Having this chance to come back is always special to me, you know. And um, just watching watching them on, on tape because we played common opponents when I was at A&M, um, you just saw just the physicality and th- different things change um, the way they were playing football in Tennessee. So, you know, you could see that it, it was starting to head in the right direction. Now, this is not your first stint here as a coach. Mm-hmm. How different or how, how is it different from, you know, coming here in, in 2012? You know, because as he talked about it, building your Tennessee's second longest winning streak in the Power Five, you know, uh, coming off of that six-game win streak to yes. end, the end of the season, how is it different from the first time around? I just think the mentality of the players and 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 just how, just watching on tape how they were playing, you know, the level, the effort they were playing with. Um, you could see that on tape. And once I got here, the difference is, is so many things are just streamlined and, you know, everybody's clearing on the same page as far as how we're going to do things. How, how how easy was it to walk in the building when you've worked with Jeremy, mm-hmm. you've worked with DA, you've worked with Jim Cheney, you and Jimmy Brumbaugh shared an office yes. at UT Chattanooga. Yes. So, I mean, like, there, there was a there was a, a comfort level in knowing half the guys here. Yes. And also the respect of these guys as coaches. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job, you know, and they think how I think. And I think that's very important when you go into it. You don't have to figure that part out. You know, we, we t- I t- hit on a minute ago, Jay. You coached a lot of good running backs. Yes. Pretty fair running back in your day. You had some get up and go. You had some get up and go. I, I, I never forget talking to you in, at South Carolina. I think it was yeah. after Marcus Lattimore's breakout game as a freshman against George. You carried it like 900 times that game. Mm-hmm. And South, I won't say you all because you're not at South Carolina. Well, you're yes. Tennessee. But, but South Carolina beat Georgia. And you talk about sort of him, all the different things that he had yes. as a running back that you were looking for. Now, as you go out now, and not only this roster, but as you go out and you start looking for running backs, in this league, what are the three or four things 
that you are looking for in a running back, and what do you got to have if you're going to be a special player in this league at that position? I think the first thing you got to have is you got to feel some way about winning and losing. I think you got to have a certain amount of desire, you know, and we can develop that, you know, and and do some things with that. But you must have that, you know. It's, it's every week in this league, you're going to have guys with the same ability that you have. What are you going to do differently in order to win on that play? You know, so that's first what you got to have. And then the ability, you know, do you fit the system and what we're trying to do? And, um, you know, that's that's a very important part of it, the size and the speed and, the, um, you know, maybe change of direction. Whatever you have, what do you do well? What stands out from everyone else? You know, there's so many different styles of backs. You know, I think it's very important. But you got to be physical, especially playing in this conference and the type of defensive linemen you face and linebackers. I mean, you got to have a certain level of physicality to you, um, but also the intelligence to understand, you know, what you're looking at, the process to get better. Yeah. Have, have you had a chance to really address your guys here yet much? I'm talking about the running backs, that room yet? Yes, we, we've had a couple of meetings, just the initial meetings of things, and I'm trying to, you know, you start learning each other because right. I think it's so much about trust. So we're building that trust right now and connecting. Um, in those position meetings. Now, a couple of years ago, you had the beginning of the early signing period, so that changed how you, how you do things, how January's handled. This year, now February's a dead month, you know, for recruiting. Yes. So, how has that changed from a standpoint of is it as a staff and, and and you personally? Is it do you just go in and is it just spring, 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 or how how do you, how do you kind of juggle all that? Well, you know, you still can have contact. They just can't be on your campus. Sure. So um, there's still a good good amount of recruiting going on right now as far as either evaluation, once you've evaluated that young man, trying to set up things that are going to happen in March and April. Um, so there's a lot of recruiting going on, and that's an everyday thing. Um, on the other side of that, you just evaluating last season, going through your self-scout and talking about some things, and also bringing coaches in. Uh, either high school coach or whoever it is that wants to talk about their t- their programs, but also you're looking at looking to bring in some coaches and see what they do at different colleges. You've been here about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of itching for the start of spring practice? Yes, <laughs> I'm ready for it. You know, what, 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 kind of take us through what what will you be looking for that first week or two? Of course, you'll have one week and then you'll have a spring break off week and then you get right back after it, but. What, what, what would you be looking for out of the gate, out of your group? And, you know, is that something you've already explained yes. to those guys? This I expect this is the standard? Yes. And, and the first thing you're looking for is effort. I mean, that's it. You know, you got to come out with a certain level of strain in order to get better. Um, right now we're going through uh, morning workouts. It's not in the morning, but our fourth quarter drill. But learning to have a certain amount of focus and attention to detail and effort. It's what you're looking for every day. You know, I mentioned Jim a minute ago about having been at different places. How much does that help you as a coach? You you coach under different coaches. You've been at different places, fan bases, facilities. Uh, I just wonder now that you're on over up in your coaching career. Yes. How much as you come now back? different schools what helped you win you know will get you to that point and I think that either with a player facilities whoever you deal with I think that's the most important thing is understanding um, 
what it takes to win, and and being around coaches who who, who feel the same. And you've co- and you've coached under coaches who've won national championships. Yes, Bo Fisher, Steve Spurrier. Um, you know, by the way, you had a pretty good Spurrier impersonation, or is that? Is that uh, you know, <laughs> huh? I wouldn't do it right now. Okay, but yeah, Jay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Jay. What do you think? You think you That's pretty good, right there. Now yeah, I've, I've heard. I've, I've had twenty-five years of it. No, <laughs> nobody does the impersonations better than him. No, that's pretty good. You ought to hear Austin to Jeremy. Jeremy Pruitt. Oh. He 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 is a. I tell you, if you drew a curtain, <laughs> if you drew a curtain between us right now, Jay, and I didn't know who was sitting on the other side of the curtain. I promise you I wouldn't know if it was Jeremy Pruitt or Austin Price. That's I mean, pretty good. I, I got home and Casey said, you got to hire Jay. You know what I'm saying? You're funny. <laughs> I don't know if I should laugh at that. That's yeah, my boss right I was going to say, that's you know, your I'm boss. Laugh at that. one, day, one day we're going to do a show, and I'm going to be the whole – I'm going to do the whole show as Spurrier, and he's going to do Pruitt. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, have, we'll do the good. whole show like that. But everybody says, did you ever do it for him? And I said, I think I did it one time, and, and he didn't really respond. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, believe it or not, there was a guy who was a walk-on at Alabama a few years ago who could do a spot-on saving. He had the mannerisms, yes. the hands, and everything. And he actually did it. I think it was, of course, you got to catch saving at just the right time because that's yes. never funny except it, on his terms. And a lot of coaches are like that. Sure. Yes. But he did it for him, and I think it, it, it was so spot-on that even saving maybe gave him a little bit of a – <laughs> of an applause for it. So I think down deep coaches like it. What's, what's the old, you know, when you, you, t- you impersonate a Imitation coach. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. flattery. Yes. All right, let's go ahead and take our second break on the nation. It's great to have Jay Graham here on location with us at the yeah, Texas Roadhouse. Coming up, we're going to break down great. who the best intramural basketball players were back in the 90s. Because mm. there was a lot of good ones. Yes. You know what? I might really put him on the spot because we had this, we had this debate with Aaron Hayden a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The greatest collection of running backs on campus at Tennessee at one time in the history. And there's sort of a running debate. You're all's collection, and then you had a couple guys, a couple Travises, and you had Jamal Lewis. And we might talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. This is the nation, and we'll be back here at the Texas Roadhouse in just one minute. Now back to Chris and Austin. Welcome back into the show. It's the nation, Austin Price and Chris Lowe, and a third member tonight. Show's never been better. No, we're honored (laughs) to have Jay Graham. Running backs coach here at Tennessee, former running back great. And um, I tell you, Jay, we uh, we were talking in the break about all the different states. When you think about the great running backs, and I know Auburn gets credit for being running back you and, and, and Georgia is in there. But, boy, you, you think back the last, just the last 25 years on this yes. campus, the guys have toted the football in the arms. I mean, you there's a long list of them that went on yes. to play not only professionally, and one we didn't even mention a minute ago, I still contend, and I know I'm old, that as good a running back that I ever saw play in orange was Chuck Webb. Yes. Now, Chuck ripped his knee up his, sure. what, junior year, and it never was the same. Still went, went in the second round. Still went, but he, mm-hmm. when he was healthy here, he was as good. I can still remember him at the Cotton Bowl at 89, zigzagging his way through the Arkansas defense for like 280-some yards. Yes. But it's just a, it's phenomenal when you think, just again, going back the last 25, 30 years, the number of guys that played that position at an elite level. I wonder from your perspective, to be a part of that fraternity, a part of that brotherhood, what it's like. Oh, it's amazing. When I first came to school uh, at Tennessee, we had Charlie Garner, Aaron Hayden, and um, James Stewart, Little Man Stewart. Right. I mean, so the first day in drills, you know, we go through the rope drill and, 
they go through it, and then I go through it. And I said, like, how did that go? You know, because Aaron Hayden, that was my big brother. I said, how was that? He was like, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn how to do these things, right. you know. So they were always great teachers. And that's what you get when, when you're around those guys is, you know, if you can have that kind of culture, guys that keep getting better through that thing. So, so when did they brought in Charlie the year after you were here? When did they bring in Charlie Garner? The year before. The year before. His senior year. Yeah, they brought him after the, after the freshman year from Aaron. And that's right. Man. That's right. Mm-hmm. And see, that was before the Internet, before, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I've heard funny stories about, you know, because you, you got those two guys as freshmen. Yes. Aaron and Little Man have great years. Yes. And then, lo and behold, Tennessee goes out and gets the best junior college mm-hmm. running back in the nation, Charlie Garner, who played forever in the NFL. Yes. You know, and they bring in, you're the top high school running back in the country. You mm-hmm. still never, we've talked, I kidded you about this earlier. You still never explained to me how it was. You lived in Kannapolis, North Carolina, but played at Concord High School. Well, I was we right did an, we there. We did an investigation on the edge. In, into that. <laughs> I was right. I was about 100 yards in, in, within the city limits of uh, Kannapolis. I'm so. sure that caused uh, some gnashing of the teeth there locally. I, oh, yeah. And, I, and I've got my own Concord roots. I've told you this. My first job in the business was for the Concord Tribune. Yes. And uh, that was a huge robbery. A.O. Brown High School in Kannapolis yes. and in Concord High School. I tell you what, let, let's let Jay participate in, in, in your favorite part of the show, AP, the Marathon Question of the Week. Discover how a full tank of freedom from Marathon will take you wherever you go. Marathon fueling the American spirit. All right, I'm not going to put you completely on the spot, Jay, because I know you're not going to choose just one guy. (laughs) But all those running backs we mentioned. Yes. Okay. If you picked out two or three of them that you'd like to watch play the most, and I know you've seen tape and played with a lot of them. Okay, you were on the field with a bunch of them, and others you've seen tape of them. Who's the guy that, that you just, as, as a football aficionado, as a fan, as a guy who played the game at the highest level, give me a couple of them that you enjoyed watching the most and why. Well, I remember, you know, the Cobweb and, you know, both of those guys, I mean, they, they made so many plays, you know, I'm talking about Chuck Webb and Re- Reggie Cobb. Oh, yeah. And I, I enjoyed watching Chuck Webb. I mean, he just made so many plays. He was just such an exciting back, and he was so talented. You know, and you just couldn't tackle him. You couldn't catch him in the open field. I mean, he made a, he made a bunch of plays here. But um, you keep you keep talking. I mean, Charlie Garner. I mean, Aaron Hayden and um, James Stewart. Watching those guys, they're they're seniors. If, if you I could mean, build the perfect Tennessee back mm-hmm. using parts of each guy, mm-hmm. what would it be? I think Aaron had the power, you know. He just had so much power, and he was elusive. Um, but his power, he could break tackles with that. Um, um, James Stewart had great hands. You know, he could catch the ball out in open field. Right. He was a bigger for a bigger guy. He could do all that stuff as far as route running. Um, if you go with moves and making guys miss, that's going to be Charlie Garner. Yeah. You know, he was a guy that, you know, I remember I think it was Louisville. He had like a double spin move. I mean, he could make plays that the average back couldn't make. You know, the only the only guy, I shouldn't say the only guy, the guy on this campus, now at that position, because I, I, I was around South Carolina a bunch when Jadavian Clowney showed up, and mm-hmm. I've never seen a high school kid show up on a campus who looked more like an NFL player physically than mm-hmm. Clowney. You were around. Yes. But at the running back position, Jay, the first day I laid eyes on Jamal Lewis oh, yeah. when he showed up on campus, he looked yes. like an NFL running back. Yes. Chiseled out of stone. Yes. Power, could run, home run threat, 
had it all. Yes, he could do it all. And, and the size. Yeah. I mean, you come and walk on campus as a freshman, you're 225 pounds. You know, he had that. I'll never forget. Or, let's not forget about the bridge between Jay and Jamal, Mark Levine, who knew that blocking scheme in 97 really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to get on Philip Fulmer's good side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think, I think Coach Fulmer, all these years later, would be the first to acknowledge that was not, I, but, not, but let's let's not throw Philip completely under the bus. I think there might have been some pass pro assignment concerns in that whole deal too. But that's you're, what I'm talking about. Your your good buddy Brent Hubbs loves to tell the story about Jamal Rodney Garner, who was assistant coach here then, and was you know the point man in recruiting Jamal. I remember Brent asking him. That was my first year here at the Tennessee in 1997, first year on the beat, and I I'll, I vividly remember him saying something. To Rodney now is, is Jamal because you just mentioned he was 225 pounds. You don't you mm-hmm. rarely see guys that are 225 pounds as a running back at 18 years old that stay a, a tailback. They oh, may yeah. move to eight H back or linebacker or fullback. And I'll never forget Brent asking Rodney, "Now is he what a, he's a fullback, right?" And Rodney looked at him and said, "Fullback, you know, Rodney, <laughs> fullback. <laughs> he's the best damn tailback in the country." And I promise you, when you see him run, you'll figure that out. And, and, boy, from the first time I saw him carry the football, and remember, on that same oh, yeah. team you had Travis Henry, mm-hmm. you had Travis Stevens, you had a guy named Sean Bryson who, for the good of the team, went to fullback oh, yeah. and played forever in the NFL at running mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So all those different eras, those different groups that we just talked about, it's it, it's just I really love going back down memory lane because I remember all those. I'm old enough to remember every one of them. A- AP's so young, he didn't remember all. Uh, please, I remember all those. Don't don't forget, if you're going to build that perfect Tennessee tailback, you got to use Mose Phillips' watch as oh, a part yeah. of that as well. You you were telling us a minute ago in the break, Jay. This is a great story. Mose Nashville, the pride of Nashville, Tennessee, has the greatest play in Tennessee football history. Great call by John Ward, and a great that, that people won't remember because yes. Tennessee lost the game to South Carolina. You were at that game was as a high was a high school recruit. Yes. I was, standing, I was standing in the corner of the end zone because they were bringing all the prospects down. I, you know, it was at South Carolina, you know, at the end of the game so we can get off the field. But um, I saw that run, that short pass, and I guess it was a swing pass into yeah. the, uh, to the field. And, I mean, he broke every tw- tackle twice. I mean, he did so many. I mean, it was an amazing play. I think Mose was a high school quarterback, was he not? Yep. And that was, that, that was what, you know, that, that staff, Coach Majors, Coach Former, they all they, they did such a good job of taking guys that were quarterbacks and putting them at other positions, taking guys that were talented tailbacks. Chief, how, how many Chiefs linebackers were high school tailbacks? The well, good ones. Of, and, and that mm-hmm. was my point a minute ago about rarely do you see a guy like Jamal show up on campus anymore that's 225 yes. that stays as a run back or tailback. True. You, know, True. You, you, just, you know, Josh Jacobs, the great player at Alabama who just had a terrific rookie season in the NFL, he was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he wasn't even that highly recruited no. coming out. And a guy coach yeah. or a guy coach Pruitt, you know, really uh, helped kind of find. He was a late. Yeah. Saban's told me this. He was a very late take. Yes, at Alabama. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. And that was all Coach Pruitt too. And that, mm-hmm. I've heard that story. He's one of those guys that they probably weren't going to take, and then something happened. They missed out on somebody else, or there was a couple things. Yeah, it yes. happens in recruiting. And at the very end, they said, "Hey, we do have a spot for you. Come on." And of course, the rest is history. In the last couple of years, or me watching college ball, when you talk about a guy who can do everything, who can pass pro, who can catch the football, who can run, he's about as good as I've seen. Yes, Jacobs. he's very good. Very good football player. So. I tell you what, let's go ahead and take our third break. This is great. We'll talk some more 
a little bit of everything. We might even get uh, We're going to break down the intramural basketball. When you yeah, we'll do some yeah. I tease that. we got to <laughs> do know, that. Double A was a good basketball player. Terry, good. Fair, Terry Fair. Terry Fair is a heck of a point guard. Yes. He liked to shoot outside too much. Fair. <laughs> he was a gun. Fair was a gun. <laughs> All right, let's take our final break here on the nation. He's Jay Graham. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be back in just one minute. Sincerely for spending part of your Sunday evening with us. We love doing this show, The Nation. I'm Chris Lowe, Austin Price. Special guest tonight, Mr. Jay Graham on location. All right, Jay, we, we teased this earlier. Austin did. Yes. Intermule hoops. Mm-hmm. It was Talk. huge back in the 90s. Yes. In, in some, some hotly contested contests there in the old hyper building. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's the best intermule hoops player from football that you can remember? Wow. That's a that's a tough one right there. Uh, Andy McCullough was really good. You know, he could – he could have been a college basketball player. He's, he's a good player. Peerless Price is good. Who's the best trash talker? Mm. I don't know. Uh, probably one of those guys. Andy Andy was pretty good at it. You know, you got to be a little funny to, to get that done. And Andy was very funny. So he, he probably was the best trash so, talker. So, t- so T-Fair had game. He just, he just, yeah, he didn't meet he, a lot of shots he didn't like, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, he was always trying to hit threes, you know. <laughs> his brother played, the, the his offense, brother played you know? in UConn. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and Terry could play. You know, but his outside game wasn't as good as he thought it was. Now, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best part and of that is we we mentioned him, and I looked at my phone that's sitting up here on the ledge, oh, yeah. and Terry had just called me. <laughs> now, did, did Peyton play any in real hoops? Um, no. Probably smart no, decision Peyton on his part. was doing, you know, quarterback drops somewhere. I was going to say, quarterback <laughs> drops or, or, or watching film probably. But we would all show up to watch, you know, especially when it got to the championship games right. and stuff like that, so. We now, was was Rolo still? Do you still have his Lakers team back then? Still? Yes, that goes way back, man. Oh, Lakers yeah. that were when I was in school in the eighties. And he do some recruiting. He gets some oh. guys, and you know, he has some guys on his team. So I, I tell this story. We had my buddy Tony White on with us one night, and uh, can you imagine this happening in this day and age? When I was in school, the fraternities every summer, spring would have a three on three tournament. And one of those outdoor courts behind the fraternity. Yes. And I got this, you know, I was buddies with Tony White and Anthony Richardson, two starters on the basketball team. Heck, I got them on my team. Mm-hmm. Well, they were playing on my team. We lost in the championship game, A, because I was such a defensive liability. Yeah. <laughs> that was the main. But, but, but now, Tony, you heard Tony say that I could hold my own shooting the basketball. But we lost to Rolo's team. He had, like, Tim McGee, uh, guys, former players were back in school, finishing up their degree. <laughs> and we're out playing on an outdoor court. This is like 85, 86. Can you imagine mm-hmm. this day and age with Twitter and Instagram? I mean, it'd be all no. over the place. Yeah, Twitter's changed everything, so I, w- I couldn't imagine that happening. <laughs> <laughs> so wh- where do you go from here? I mean, for the next couple of weeks as you head into spring ball, will you, will you focus on anything in particular with your group or – just kind of continue the morning workouts. And, and that's another guy that you worked with was Coach Fitzgerald because you all were together at South Carolina. Yes. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of familiarity. Yes, love Fitzy. You know, his his energy and, you know, how much he cares for those guys. You know, he's every day he's going to be on fire now. He's going to have a lot of juice, and I think the guys love that, you know. So uh, I think going into these next two weeks, you know, we're going to try to get some install in. Just try to talk about some offense. So first we watch the tape and do our self-scout, and then we talk to the players, and they're watching the tape and going through and talking about how they can, how we can improve. So you're doing your first two or three days of install going, and then you'll reinstall those days, 
you know, once you start practicing. How, how important is it, Jay, more than ever in, in today's game, the way it's changed, is to have two or three guys at that position, guys that, you know, ideally can do different things. But yes. it's just hard to get through a season or a game anymore, a game, heck, but, but let alone a game as a season unless you have two or three guys, mm-hmm. you know, that can split the, you know, split the duties. It's amazing. Sometimes I pause because I'm, you know, you're on the field with these guys and you get used to it. But sometimes I stand on the field. It might be a timeout right before they start. You realize how big these guys have gotten over the years. I mean, there's some big guys. So the, the physical pounding that you take at the position, you need to have three guys, you know, and um, and usually with different skill set. That's what I try to do. Um, so, you know, that's that's key for you for, for, for the offense to be able to play three guys in a game. When when you when you head to the practice field, you, mm-hmm. you've been on the practice field with Jeremy before, but you know he was the defensive coordinator at the time at Florida State, not the head coach. Yes. Do you do you perceive it to be different? Or do you think you'll be the same same guy? I think he's the same guy. You know, just seeing him in fourth quarter drills. I mean, he's got energy. He's in all the drills. Just you know, coaching guys up on the things that are important. You know, and and. and Jeremy's the type of guy, he don't want you to just say good job. He wants, he wants you to be detailed about what you tell him, what's good, you know, what's, you know, what are they doing right, what are they, what can they improve on, um, you know, and I think that's key. You, you go back to to Florida State with Jeremy, is that right? Yes. Is that your all's first? Do you, do you yes. remember working with him then thinking this this guy has got yes. a shot to be a head coach? You point. could tell. I mean, just the way he ran things and, you know, coming in as a defensive coordinator, I mean, you look at it, we had the number one offense, but we had the number one defense. And, and you know, you just you felt like you had two head coaches. You know, our head coach was the offense coordinator, and he was like a head coach in, in running the defense. So, you know, it was, it was the best of both worlds. Well, you, you've been a part of, you know, some really good teams. You've been uh, as a player, then obviously as a coach. When, when you kind of get that competitive spirit, and Coach Bruce talked about that mm-hmm. from, you know, the, you know, from the get-go, getting that competitive spirit in practice. Yes. Where it's just, I mean, you know, it, it's it's just insanely competitive at times. From You know, the kids may not like each other for a few minutes because they each want to win, each side wants to win. When you kind of get that going a little bit, how much does that change the culture of a place? I mean, it's key because you got to develop some intense feelings about winning and losing. So that's that competitive edge you got to have. And having it in every drill, I mean, and bringing that energy as a coach is key. I mean, you just can't show up and stand there with your hands in your pocket. Some, mean, of, the, some of the best stories I love hearing about those teams in the 90s it, yes. from Coach Fulmer, is, he said the hardest job I had was keeping Cutcliffe and Chief from, from killing oh, yeah. each other because both the <laughs> offense and defense were going at it so hard. Oh, yeah. but, but that's what separates great teams. I mean, you go to Ohio State right now and Alabama and Clemson, and I know that's what you guys are building toward at Tennessee. Yes. You want that kind of competitiveness on the practice field every day yeah. we're offense versus defense because when you get in the games sometimes it's not as hard in the games as it is on the practice field and that's how it should be i mean you, you, you know you have so many reps you can you can have in practice and they have to be meaningful reps so you know you got to be full speed you got to have some energy about yourself when you do that because that's where you get better before we, before we get you out the door who is one guy that Maybe you didn't like to go against him practice, but you know, but but then you always respected that guy just because he was, you know, he was yes. he was a tough opponent. Leonard Little, <laughs> number one. Because he he didn't care. It, it was like game day, man. Oh yeah. You know, the look in his eyes and everything. You know, and that got me better. 
going against him. Another North Carolina guy. We did yes. this last week. Th- think of when Tennessee's been at its best. I don't think it's any coincidence. We got about 30 seconds, Jay. Yes. Think of the way they've gone into that state, North Carolina, and gotten great football players. And, That's right. And you're in charge of that. Yes, so, sir. Good luck. <laughs> Jay, it's been awesome, man. We really appreciate you coming by tonight. Good luck to you. I know you're ready to get your family here in town yes, and get cranked up. Jay Graham with us tonight on The Nation.